What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday. I'm a day late again, but I do have another good excuse. I think I'm just going to basically chalk this up to Fridays, but um, June 1st, Friday. You guys are listening to episode number 64, and I am doing this from the Levity Live Comedy Club VIP room, and I have a guest with me for this episode. Um, I talked about him. He's uh, an up-and-coming, not young guy, but a younger comedian um, who I took a liking to when I watched him work. I think he's a good dude. I think he's starting, he's doing it the right way. He's starting his career and doing it the right way. Uh, Chris Lamberth, and if you were at the Levity Live show, he was the dude who came up and did a guest spot. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Paul. Uh, this is gonna, This is cool. Um, Oh, and real quick, I just want to let everybody know, I talked about it last time, the Verzi Effect t-shirts are being printed, and uh, they will be for purchase and at comedy shows, the TVE uh, podcast show. So I'm, I'm uh, hoping I, I get one for free, no, because it, it, you it, tore me away from uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, I did? I was, and you was like, Chris, can you do my podcast? And yeah, I was yeah. like, all right. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> no, I said, Chris, you better do my podcast. It's now or never. No, uh, <laughs> no. I, you know what? If I actually had my, if I had my T-shirts, I would give you one for free. They're not printed yet. When you get them, man. When, it's you, not, yeah. when you get them, it's yeah. all right. You know, you're making me feel bad. I'm like, wait, I have I'm a guest. I'm not making you feel. I have, I have a guest, and I don't have something. To, um, all right. So the reason why, you know, and I want to talk about the comedy thing right up front, okay? Um, and I've talked about it many times on the show. Don't worry, people who don't care about comedy and want to hear us riff about other shit. We got a lot of shit to riff about today, okay? We're going to be talking about endoscopies, zombies, sports, movies, a bunch of shit, okay? Apparently, there's somebody eating people. We're going to get to all that, all right? Um, But I do, off the top, want to talk about young comedians and the difference between how certain people start, including myself at 21 years old, as opposed to comedians who kind of do it in their, you know, mid to late 20s and and actually have to kind of get to it a lot quicker. <laughs> um, and and you've been doing it how long now? It'll be three years at the end of this month. Okay, so you've been doing yeah. comedy. So you're a baby in comedy. Yes, there's placenta still on me uh, <laughs> and the em- embryonic sac is just Shit's dripping me. off you, yes. right. Um, now, the first time I met you uh, was here at the club mm-hmm. uh, and you were... Actually, I think the first time I was hosting, I came to host, and you were right. you were middling for um, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, okay, yeah. and um, and then after that, I saw you a couple of times. We went to the movies. We saw Twenty One Jump Street when me, Matt Reese, yes. and everybody went. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had that good laugh at that one thing, which I, I, I you laughing at that actually made me like you <laughs> like more because I was like that is because like me and you laughed I think harder than everybody. Yeah, the first like. Half an hour, forty-five minutes of that movie was just extremely hilarious. The f- yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I agree. Just- and then it tapered off. It definitely tapered off. But the one scene that we laughed at was when he's like, "You're in too deep." I saw college applications on your desk, and <laughs> me and great. you, me and yeah. you were next to each other. We just started laughing. But um, yeah. another reason why, and it's uh, it's it's why you know I asked you to come be on the show. Not only are you a, you know a, a good dude, but I, I liked I liked the fact that, and you did what I said. Um, is is staying in the pocket. And what that is, and it was hard for me, because as comedians, we're so prideful. Mm-hmm. It, we're so prideful to, you know, we want everybody to think we kill every time. Yeah. Um, and it's painful when somebody leaves and goes, I didn't really like that guy. Right. I'm learning, and I've learned later, because I only started at 21, 
So me, I just wanted to get laughs. I felt like I was doing my job right. if I was getting laughs. You stand up there, you'll talk about shit that you're just, you know, just seeing that day. Or you'll talk about something that you kind of, you know, think is funny in the moment or that week. And you actually go up, and you're not in your early 20s, but you actually go up and you start talking about the shit. And you kind of, from what I got the sense of, you don't give a fuck if... If something falls flat, of course you 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 don't like it. Mm. No no comics like oh dude that shit bombs isn't that awesome. No one's yeah. gonna care about that. But you kind of just take it in stride and go knowing where you're gonna be and what you're trying to get to. Yeah, and I th- I think uh, a, I I come from a theater background, so I've actually been on stages since I was a kid, since I was like 12 years old. Ah, so and that I, helps. I did a lot. I have an MFA in theater, uh, master's degree. And this was just some, stand-up was something that I always wanted to do, but I was just kind of afraid of it. And then, like, acting sort of got in the way. So, like, I just kind of had that transition to where, like, I thought I was going to be Bo Jackson when I was a kid. But right. When I, but when I – because he was my favorite player. And then when I tried out for football, they put me on the defensive line. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was good. I was good, though. Like, I, I was actually talented at it, but I just wasn't mean enough. Like, I didn't have, like – yeah, yeah. I didn't have it in me to yeah, really. Yeah, like you don't want to puke on someone's hands or paint your face. Like that wasn't you weren't that. Yeah, guy. like yeah. and it wasn't it wasn't me. But like I would always like as a kid I would watch I would record Def Comedy Jam all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And I would watch it if I fell asleep. I would watch it on Saturday morning. Like you'd be watching cartoons, Tunes, right, right. And I would like sometimes I would hold up the tape cassette recorder and I would hold it up to the TV and record it. And then go to sleep wow. to the tape like a like an obsessed yeah obsessed kid. I I, w- I did the same thing. I, I didn't record it, but when it was on, yeah. I I made it my business to watch it. You right, know, it was one of those things where you make your business to watch. So when the coach was like Lambert, you ready to fucking hurt somebody? You were just like, nah, man. I'm well, just- no, well, actually, <laughs> you know, there's one there's one game like my first year playing organized <laughs> football. Like I was like we I played for the 95 pound kids then those were like kids that were two years older than me i was a fat kid well you're a big you're i'm a big, big dude, dude. But no, you're not yeah. like a you're not like a big fat dude you're no. just a big man yeah like yeah. you're a big dude like what 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 uh what how tall are you i'm like six one six two six two okay yeah. okay but like as a kid like i think i was in fifth grade and uh we i was like bigger i was big bigger than the other kids bigger than the other kids yeah. so they moved me up like a couple weights and then i played with eighth graders and and those kids were big and i remember one time like i would come off the bench i was on special teams and in a championship game we played these kids that were big like big corn fed kids right that right. were were bigger than who we played against we lost but a lot of guys were fl- falling out like flies and the defensive coach was like does anybody want to go in who's who do you think <laughs> you guys could do this and i was like i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> and I did my thing, and like, and I think like my dad was really proud of me. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a moment that he always goes back to one time in practice. Like, we had this drill called, uh, I think it was just three pops. Like, you you line up, two guys line up against each other, right? And you just crack each other like three times. Or, and we had a couple of plays, and um, and this guy was kind of a, named Tim. He was kind of a bully, and me, me and him got into it, and they were going to break it up. And my dad was like. No, don't break it up. Oh, really? And I just like sort of took this guy down that was like two or three years older than me. Oh, that's and cool. And he never like. But anyway, that's my that's my origin story. But like stand up wise, I would always I was always into it. Like Martin Lawrence was my favorite because uh, 
he was from Maryland, where I'm from. DC, P- yeah. DC area. DC area, yeah. PG County. And like I was kind of obsessed with him. And I would listen to his album like all the time in my dad's truck. I was 12, 13 years old. I made my dad take me to see You So Crazy, like the NC-17. Yeah. And I was just obsessed, like Pryor, Mooney, Cosby, all of those guys. And I just like went through theater school and I just never, I never did it. And then one time I remember doing a play and a guy was like, Chris, you should start doing stand-up. I was like, no, nah, man. And it wasn't until I moved here. Um so well, you were just afraid. You know, you made a good point, though. You said you were afraid of it. And, yeah. You know, I met, um, I've met some SNL cast members, mm-hmm. and I would say, man, did you get it? Because you know, as SNL cast members, a lot of times they're either, you know, second city sketch actor, you know, actors or improv yeah. groups. Yeah. Uh, or stand up. Mm-hmm. You know, like the bad boys of SNL, so to speak. Right. Spade, Schneider, Rock. Them. They were stand up. Even right. Sandler was stand up. Mm-hmm. But then the other guys, you know, Farley. And um, actually, Norm Macdonald did too, but I don't think like Belushi didn't, no. Farley yeah, yeah, didn't. Yeah. There's a lot of the Second City, and I've talked to SNL cast members, and I've said, you know, do you do stand up? And they said kind of what you said. I'm afraid of it. Um, it was just scary to me. And uh, Bill Murray, I don't know if you read the the Bill Murray thing this week, no. but Bill Murray, there was an article on Bill Murray, and somebody said, why don't you do stand up, or have you ever done stand up? And he goes. Those he goes. They just look so miserable off stage. He goes, and they they look like if something doesn't work, they're just. It looked so miserable. And that's a great that's a great point because what I was aiming to get to is just basically like in in the theater world, like you have about four to six weeks of rehearsal before the show goes up, before right. previews, and you can fail in private and you can try things out. But like as a stand up, you you fail in public in front right. of people that pay to see you. So you want to make sure this is right or is, yeah. am I, so it's like you and you're not hiding behind the guise of a character. Like right. a character is still you, but at the same time, it's just an aspect of you. You could say, I'm playing this part and it's not really me. But right. If, but if right. you, if you're just a stand up, well, it's not yourself. And, and that's, right. you know, and that, that was a big reason why I was afraid. Cause I took an acting class. Mm-hmm. I took an acting class with Joanna Bexton who taught like, uh, you know, Chappelle and, and uh, Ray Romano and he got Everyone Loves Raymond, like right. the sitcom acting. She right. was like really, you know, good to go to in, yeah. in, in New York City. Okay. And every time I would go to the class, I had more anxiety than I ever had in my life. Yeah. I was so scared to go to that class to do a monologue in front of like 10 actors. I was I would be less nervous if you were like you're going in front of 800 people tonight to do stand up because and she said to the class once she said I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast I might have if I did it was in a, in a way earlier episode but she said there were two Pauls and she was like if Paul V obviously me can let go of himself then you know my my problem was it was hard to become not me because everything you do on stage is so real in you so I was like the opposite. I, w- I looked at it like I was more scared to act or more in a class. Like if me and my friends got cameras, I could act. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but you know, and I've even goofed on acting on this show mm-hmm. because Rihanna's getting roles and fucking yeah, the precious right. chick goes out for one fucking. That was fucked up what you said about her. <laughs> <laughs> it was true, but it was fucked up. Yeah, yeah but it was like, you know, yeah. I, was just looking at, I was looking at it and you look at some of these rappers and you look at some of these people that get acting roles and you understand their fame gets them in the door. Right, That that's just calm. But, when, yeah. but 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 what I was gonna say was like the Daniel Day Lewis shit. Mm-hmm. That's on a next level shit. Or right. or the guys that really become 
You know, like the I thought character. what Heath Ledger did. I thought what Heath Ledger did in his in, in that Batman role, like that was well, you he was know, fantastic. That was ridiculous. Yeah. And the Philip Seymour Hoffman's of the world, Edward Norton's. When when I watch acting like that, I'm like, that's really hard. You know, right. Pacino. But then when you watch a movie like you know Battleship, which I didn't see, but like Rihanna's sitting behind a cannon saying "boom," and you're just <laughs> like, well, there, what the fuck? But you gotta think like the, that Battleship is a whole nother thing, like. They're trying to sell cheeseburgers and video games. Like, <laughs> right, that's, right. It's it's a total like that. That's just like well, Rihanna. Rihanna's gonna sell more tickets to that movie because they got little girls that are following her that love her. Right. And little girls, little teenage girls, sell those tickets. Right. And they, you know, so as opposed to just actor A who studied and who p- tried to perfect her craft, she's not gonna get that part. But when right. you're talking about like monologues and classes, that's the most artificial thing that you could ever do because that's right. not really that's not really going to happen. Like you're really not right. going to be doing. You're going to be bouncing stuff off. Yeah, and I didn't, and also yeah. didn't like how like they made it like this was your audition. Yeah. Okay, so step out of the room, pick somebody in the class. So mm. I remember literally being out there, and me and some girl in the class had to come into the class and act like we just got back into our bedroom and we're fighting. Yeah. And like, and it's it's completely like you said. That's a great point. It's completely artificial. You know, mm-hmm. you come from the school of theater, so you know. They're like, and then they actually tell you if you would have got the call back. And it's like, first of all, you don't know what they're looking for because it's, sometimes you walk. I've talked to people, I've talked to comedians who act, and they say yeah. when they walk in the door, they could see the casting director yeah. look and know, like, oh, this guy's got a shot. Or this well, is kind of the look that we're looking for. So, you know, the actor can see, oh, man, they're rooting for me because I'm the look. There's different sides to it. It's like, it's so arbitrary. And, and I remember something that like kind of crystallized for me listening to bill burr talk on his podcast one time he was saying never try not to be um upset when an unfair business is being unfair to you right just because you're not you may have everything it takes or what it takes to have that role but you may not get it for a number of reasons right i've been on both sides of that right i've been like i've been I, i remember like right out of grad school there's this play, famous playwright August Wilson, who passed away a few few uh, years ago. Great black playwright and uh, awesome canon of, of work. Uh, they're doing one of his famous plays, Fences, and like it's awesome play. And in Chicago, they don't do that many black plays, and so right. the the director of the show was trying to be like kind of hoity-toity. He was like, he's telling me you're gonna meet some of the best black actors in chicago and i was like <laughs> i was like bring them on and yeah. i've seen a lot of these people i had to read sides so if you were to come in for a role i would be reading opposite you right i lit their asses on fire yeah when yeah. they came in so you but it sounds like look and even when you just said that to me you actually like went at me like i'll fuck somebody up in acting and yeah. that's and 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 i didn't have that like i yeah. didn't have that and you come from the school of it yeah. but like I, for me you know I remembered walking through New York City going to that and she said, oh, you're going to work every class. You're going to work every class. Meaning mm-hmm. You're going to step up and you're going to get a script and you're going to have yeah. to talk in front of these non-comedians. And then finally, one of the last classes I had, I had to really listen to the other actor. That's I what listened, it's about. And that's what it's about. And that's, that's when I started to figure out because you're so concerned with your lines right you're so concerned with nailing what you need to say, but you need to listen to the other actor yeah. in order to get 
in order you, to right to get that response to, to get the, to get the response because it's like it's a real conversation. Yeah. Like if me and you were gonna act out right now, we should have actually shit. We should have done something. We should have had a script. <laughs> That'd have been funny. But like if if we were, and I know a script that we could do. But if, yeah. if but if we were to act yeah. it out now, I would actually one thing that I did learn from it, so it did help us. I would listen to you. Mm-hmm. I would take myself out of being Paul Verzi. I would be the character, and I would listen right. to your character and try to and but that was really tough. George Carlin had mentioned that mm-hmm. it was very tough for him. You yeah. know, I think you know. Chris Rock has goofed on himself for not being a good actor. He's gotten better probably after that play he did. Yeah, after he, motherfucker with and, the hat. and he's starting yeah. to be in more roles that aren't animated. So I think maybe yeah. he's, maybe he's getting better. Um, you know, he joked at the Oscars when he said, "If you want Denzel, but you can only get me, wait." Yeah, you know. Uh, but you come from the school of of theater, and then you jump into stand up, mm-hmm. which you said was scary. Bill Murray, you know, is like, and he was talking about how we could be miserable. I sort of had to come out as it, like like a gay person coming out of the closet, like. I remember <laughs> it's true. Like I, I remember, I was 29 when I started, so I'm 32 now. And uh, I remember being at my parents' house. I think it was probably uh, at Memorial Day area, something like that time of the year. And I was just looking. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, in a like I was doing community theater in New Jersey and dealing with people's egos in community theater. Right. Like, I have an MFA, and I'm screwing around that with That sounds these. like Philip Seymour Hoffman in uh, Along Came Polly. Yes. He was. He stole that movie. That was his. That he was, made that. Do you know that he was at a Nick game, and they were talking to him. They do, like, the courtside celebrity uh-huh. thing, and they do, like, in a minute with somebody. And yeah. he said, out of all the roles he's ever played, people yell shit out and talk to him and ask him about that role he more than any it. other role. He stole the movie. Yeah. I mean, he stole the movie, and that was hilarious. And, I mean, he's, he's acting that I'm talking about. Like, I don't know. Like, to get to that good... I don't know if you saw uh, Ides of March, but, you know, the speech that he gave Gosling about being loyal, and he basically told him that he was the one that fired him. Sorry if you didn't see the movie. I saw it. It's great. But No, 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 I mean, the listeners, if anybody saw it, I'm sorry, but he he was like, who fired me? Who did this? And, uh, you know, he was like, I did. And here's why. And then he was just, he did the whole, if you don't have loyalty, mm-hmm. you know, you have nothing speech. And it was just like, that's acting well, he's brilliant. On, some ne- yeah. on, on some next level but, shit. But when you, where you had, okay, so we were talking about, I just want to drive this home. And it, it's like kind of like uh, coming out of the closet. And, and it's like, and I, and I was talking to my parents about this like last week. And I was telling, and I was about to get up to that. And my dad was like, yeah, it's kind of like coming out of the closet. I was like, yeah, dad, that's exactly right. what it's like. Because it's like these people, I'm watching these people that I, I like, like musicians. They're, they were like my age, and they were actually creating something. Right. Like creating. I was like, and I told my parents, like, I said, I'm going to do stand-up. I want to be a comedian, and I want you guys to hold me to it. Uh, and I told my, my, my parents and my best friend. And I was like, you guys got to hold me to it if I'm sla- slacking. You know, you got to say, Chris, well, you said you're going to be a comedian. Yeah. What are you, you, what are you doing about that? Right. That, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, one thing that I was impressed with, and any young comedian listening to this, and, and like I've always said on my podcast, it's nice to know that not only people that have nothing to do with the stand-up world listen, but also mm-hmm. young comedians listen. I was 21. Like I said, I wanted to get laughs. You started late. You started, mm-hmm. what, 26, 27? 29. Oh, you started at 29. Oh, you're 32. You started 32. at 29 years yeah. old. Um, Were you listening, Paul? You know, Jesus. Yeah, 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 no, my bad, my bad. Uh, I actually uh, went back from 29, so that was my bad. I know. That's but uh, <laughs> no, it's 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 something where you know Mike DiStefano said, mm-hmm. you know they said, well, did you feel behind the eight ball when you started at thirty two? And he goes, no, because I had a voice the first time I got on stage because yeah. I knew I had something to say. When you're twenty one, you don't really have much to say other than drinking, partying, trying to get laid, and doing all that shit. 
you know? So, uh, oh, what's up, man? What's up? We're doing a podcast here, me and uh, Chris Lamberth and... Uh, uh, another Yonkers native, Nori Davis, just walked in uh, walked in the VIP room here. How's the crowd out there? Good? They're cool. They're cool. They're old. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, too, because I'm doing a guest spot after, and I'm glad I'm doing the late one. Yeah, the late oh. one. We need the drunk the, young kids the, to come. The drunk young kids. The kids oh, man. Now, yeah, give him the mic for a second. Thanks for uh, popping in. This is the Verzi Sorry, Effect Chris. podcast. <laughs> this, is my, uh, this is my podcast show. Oh. Nori is a... Um, up and coming, really, really funny comedian. Uh, born in the same hospital it. in Yonkers as me. St. John's till we die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> St. John's, Saint John's. That's, it. that's it, man. So uh, he just got on stage. Uh, he's hosting the show tonight and yeah. uh, packed with old peeps. Yeah, all old peeps, man. They all got kids. They all married. They all depressed. They man, all I'm glad I didn't do know, it so because I'm just, I'm just trying to adjust, man. You know, quarterback just got to call the older boy in your jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. be up there talking about new <laughs> vagina. They don't know what that is. <laughs> I can't talk about being black and red. Oh, that's hilarious. Know? He said, oh, no, because you know, like, when you ever go into a bit, yeah. right, and all of a sudden you start to see. That's right. You know, this, this, these people kind of don't want. not going to get it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> they're not going to get it, and they're not going to like it. Exactly. So in your mind, you, and then what you do is, if you had the set list, yep. you're like, the next one, I ain't doing the next I'm one. I'm not doing the next one at all. <laughs> audible. Audible. That's right. Rice. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. You just you just gotta call the defense. That's the audience, such a great way to look at it. Cause I love football, man, and I just see the audience is the defense, and I'm just the quarterback, and I'm just throwing the plays. And, then and you know, I, you gotta read the defense. They like, let me do this woman pedophile joke, and they got the face like, no, we gonna blitz. I'm like, ah, yeah, but you know what's I can't funny? Do this joke. No, but you know what? I'm <laughs> glad. I'm glad Nori just said that because what I'm saying about Chris is, you know, I worked with him here a couple times, yeah, and I saw Chris him do something. Too. I saw him do something that not too many younger comedians do, and mm -hmm. I call it staying in the pocket and taking the blitz meaning ah. when he was when he was doing a joke that he believed in or he liked or he just wanted to get work in exactly he didn't give a fuck yeah if he was going to take a hit there is that call. and and, yep. and and one thing that you did that i liked was we saw that we went we, uh, me matarice a bunch of us we we did a show here and then we went to see 21 jump street okay and when we went to see 21 jump street there was a funny ass preview of uh Abraham Lincoln vampire. Oh, you know come that. On, man. Yeah, and, and he was the sitting white blade. And we just started laughing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the next time I saw him, he went up on stage and talked about it. Nice. And I was like, young comedians, like when I was 21, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah. and, and I'm talking, he got into it a little older, so he knows he, you just got to get the work in. You just got to get it. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and I, I learned a lot about that from working with Mark Marin. Uh, sure. I worked with him last December, and I was watching him. I have four sold out shows, just watching him. And I asked him, I was like, hey, when, if something happens to you during the day, do you talk about it on stage? He was like, yeah, just uh, make it funny. That's, so I just kind of like. Well, you know, I, I was telling, telling you today, you know, I've, I've opened up for, for you know, uh, Burr. All over and Burr yeah, and Burr. Burr. Yeah. And no, no, no. But, but, but no, but Burr, Burr get on stage at the Stress Factory. And I remember he took the mic out and he just put the thing to the side. And he literally just talked about that day yeah, that and day. really and it's like but, but as a young comedian we're so afraid we're so afraid to to not get that laugh we know we could get because we're prideful and we get hurt exactly we get hurt man because we want but everyone now, to think we're the baddest fucker that stepped on stage that night the more experience we get the more that we're, we're we have the confidence to take that risk i because like now i open up for tracy and that's one thing i learned is that say whatever you want man because yeah. it's your show absolutely you know? yeah. and you just have to have the confidence where you don't care. They about to go. 
Oh, he's lit. All right, well, I gotta go make these old people laugh. Well, that's a, thank that's you for a, having me. Paul no, no, that's a great, that's a great little cameo. Um, Nori Davis, check him out. Man, you got something Davis. to plug? You got something to plug? Yeah, NoriDavis.com. And my Twitter, I'm on Twitter. Nori Davis, holla at me, man. Thanks for having me, Paul. No Yonkers problem. all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, that that was cool. Yeah, no, Nori's. Uh, about to go back on stage because uh, Joe Matteris just got the light. So, um, but no, what he said was true. And, yeah. And, and and you know, and that's one thing, and that's a big reason why I said on the podcast because we were talking and we were hanging out, and I was like, I like that you did that because yeah. it takes a lot of balls to see something that day, mm-hmm. especially coming from theater and doing all that. But see, you noticed and you've worked with, like you said, the Mark Marins and doing mm. that. And you also, you probably know. Listen, I'm getting to, you know, I'm not a, a young buck at this. I'm, I gotta get. You're trying to catch up. It's a fear. Like it's not even about me catching up. It's just about me overcoming a fear. Like there's a certain fear in theater as well. Like you know, you know what's gonna go. You know what's gonna happen. But it's just like like working on a bit. Like right. you can say like it's almost never done. Like even even if you recorded it on a special, you think about oh man, because there's been plays. There's been I've been in a run of a show of a play for like four to six weeks. And if you and I are doing a show, we've been working on it for two or three months, you may say a line, something may have affected you that day, and you may give me a line differently, and I'll say, oh, shit. Yeah. And then I internalize that, and then I say my line different, and then something new is created. Right. So it's just like, it's like a piece, like what we do is almost never done. You right. know what I mean? Like right, right. It's 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 creating something new each time. Is right. That um, you know, yeah. I didn't mean catching up like t- career wise, or maybe I meant catching up career wise just because you see where you see that it's not not that it's a shortcut, but you see the right way to do it now. Right. Why not do it the right way now as opposed to you know doing all that stuff? Right. So I just wanted to say you know for any young comedians, and I found this out you know like I said later because I was just trying to kill. But um, if you see something you think it's funny, uh, I, we keep talking about it. Fuck the crowd in a way. Just go up there and throw it out there because that that's the way that you're gonna grow and um, you know and you're doing it the right way. Well, thanks, man. I'm trying. Um, all right, I have to uh, I have to getting off the comedy stuff now, uh, and I'll do we'll do the plugs and all that shit later. Uh, Chris is gonna do as always. Uh, my guest does the unacceptable for the week, and he's got one that's gonna be a pretty good uh, pretty good one, I think. Um, and we got sports, we got movies and everything. But the first thing I want to say is, I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm going to chalk this up to Fridays. I don't know. I may change it to Fridays. But yesterday I got a, um, I've been talking to you guys about some of the stomach problems I've been having. Some of the health issues kind of freaking me out. I had a, a sonogram or whatever, whatever they call that shit. They put the thing on your stomach okay. and they looked and I didn't have any kind of gallstones. I didn't have any issues in my stomach. So then they were like, now we got to put the scope in. And that scared me because I'm a hypochondriac, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I just want them to be like, yeah, no, you're good. Are you nuts? You know, that that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that's not reality. Right. So I had an endoscopy yesterday. And they put me out cold. Like I had, like there was an anesthesiologist and all that shit. Um, and it only lasted like 15, 20 minutes. And then you wake up and you could kind of go about your day. You could eat anything. The only thing is they don't want you to operate any kind of, um, you know, vehicles. Or the funny thing is they say, don't make any legal decisions today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they literally said. Like yeah. the, the paper was like, don't drive for 24 hours and don't make any legal decisions. Um, and... I got to tell you, I, it would have been funny if I did it, but I was so groggy that I wouldn't even had fun doing it. Have you ever had this? And, 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 and an upper endoscopy where they put no, the scope down your throat? No, I've never had that, no. No. 
Well, here's here's what happens for you people out there. Um, you go there like you're going to a regular doctor's appointment. Right. It's like the quickest surgery in and out. You go there, and they go, all right, go into the go into the room, and they put you in this little bed. They put you in a hospital bed. They put an IV in your arm right there. Yeah. Um, you know, and they put like an IV, and then you go in there, and they actually have an anesthesiologist and a doctor. And the anesthesiologist breaks it down. What's going to happen? He goes, this is what's going to happen. We're going to put a mouthpiece in, in your mouth. So it holds it open. We're going to give you drips of this shit. It's not the regular anesthesia that makes you nauseous. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that, that killed Michael Jackson. It's just an insane sedation. He just had a lot of that shit. This was measured. Well, not only, yeah. not only I actually talked to the anesthesiologist. Because, yeah. you know, as a what comic, we're, we're asking questions and right, shit, right? right. So I'm like, you well, know, so happen? he said, so I was like, uh, man. I go, uh, what? He goes, you're not going to get nauseous. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of nausea. You're just going to feel when you wake up like you just had the greatest nap ever. You're going to actually feel good. Right. It's going to be unbelievable, and it's going to be 15 minutes. He goes, I'm going to keep giving you the drip. And then when the doctor tells me it's over in a couple of minutes, I'm going to stop, and you're going to wake up. And I go, damn, dude, can you bring me some of that shit for home? Can I get some of that for home? And he left, and he actually said, "That's what killed. this is exactly the drug that killed Yeah, because he had Jackson. too much. Yeah, because so, nobody, nobody could tell him no. No, but not only that, right. the doctor who gave it to Michael Jackson mm-hmm. was not an anesthesiologist. He didn't really know. He wasn't an expert with it. He just had access to the yeah. drug, and he left the room. But he, this doctor told me, he goes, listen, he's not a fall guy. He's not the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. He said, you got to almost practically try to kill somebody. And right. He said he didn't. It was manslaughter. It wasn't murder. Right. It, I it was know. Just, yeah, it was just, it he wasn't. just basically like left. They wanted a, a scapegoat. They wanted yeah. a scapegoat, but he didn't kill him. He just basically left and didn't know, and that shit, he just had too much, yeah. and he kept sleeping. Right. But here's the coolest shit that happened. I get there. Doctor comes in tells me. He goes, all right, we need you to lay on your side and get comfortable. So I get on my side. I got the IV in my arm. They put this green mouthpiece in that's like a circle, kind of vulnerable for a second. I was like, yeah. Jesus, this is kind of weird when I'm out cold, like, you know, I'm laying there and the doctor goes, all right, uh, you're going to get, you're going to give you something in a couple of seconds. So all of a sudden the doctor goes, all right, I'm ready to the anesthesiologist. And I'm just laying there. The anesthesiologist goes, all right, Paul, in a few seconds, you're going to, you're going to start to feel, you're going to get real tired and that's it. And the, and the we- this was the weird part. The doctor's just grilling me, but he was just waiting. So he was just waiting out. for me to yeah. fall out. Yeah. But so it was just this weird moment. What was he saying? What was it was he almost no. He was just like he was just like all right, Paul. You know you're ready. I go yeah, and he goes all right. So the anesthesiologist, I'm ready. So the anesthesiologist. So I'm, after he said I'm ready, I knew that the drip was coming. Yeah. So I'm just laying there, and I got this mouthpiece in, and I'm kind of like I'm like don't look at him, don't look at him. But he's looking down <laughs> at me, and it was almost like it was the closest thing you would get to somebody who was murdering you and watching you die. Yeah. It was really fucking weird for a split second, and the weird thing was when he said all right, Paul, I'm gonna start giving you the drop now. I'm going to start giving you the anesthesia and you're going to get really comfortable and fall out for like three Mississippis. Nothing happened. So I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. You know? And the doctor's just staring at me. And then all of a sudden, dude, just I just, everything just got that quick little shake. And then I woke up. It was wow. ridiculous. And I woke up and I had this happy drunk buzzed. They said, I don't even remember. They said I was thanking everybody like multiple times thank leaving. I don't remember it. I was like, yeah, man, thank you, man. You guys are unbelievable. Like just being, <laughs> just being real happy. Um, and then called my wife in and I was kind of groggy and shit, but then I was waiting for what he came to say. Cause they said like, they're going to tell you, you got ulcers. You got this right there. Cause right. it's on the screen. There's yeah. basically a flat screen in there and the scope, you know, shows sure. it. So he comes in and he goes, listen, um, you got acid reflux and heartburn. I'm going to get you some medication for it. 
Um, and then I just remember just walking and just talking way too much to people. My wife was like, Paul, we need to go. And I was like, Paul, no, how, you up. got kids? You got kids? Like I was asking the nurse, I was asking, <laughs> like I was talking to one of the nurses about her vacation to the point where I was so happy, go lucky. Like I was buzzed yeah. that I was like, she was showing me pictures of her kids and my wife was just like, you know, Paul, I know you're happy. And they she all look like, like aliens it. to you. You got, you got, like, <laughs> you got uh, it. We got to get the fuck out of here. Like, I know you're happy. So uh, I went home, took the nap, slept it off. So that's why I couldn't do it uh, yesterday. It would have probably. This, the podcast Give him a sound, break, guys. The, the, the podcast, Jesus. podcast would have sounded like this. I'm here with Chris Lambert. Uh, Chris is. Chris is a funny up and co- he's a funny new comic. Uh, it's NPR, you're Terry, Terry Gross. How's, how's, <laughs> you guys would have been like, all right, I'll listen next week. A little Prairie Home Companion, Garrison um, Keeler. So what's going on in the world? Um, apparently, we've upped it from Pirates a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay, we had Pirates a couple of years ago. That made a comeback. Right. Um, now we have zombies. Oh, well, you told me because there's a you got to get to that in a second. But there's a Miami, the guy in Miami just ate, tripped out and ate somebody's face. Yeah, and they're calling him a zombie, whatever. And then you said that there's actually another. Yeah, zombie. Like, we got zombies, people. Well, get a gun. I was I was on a show the other day, and we were talking about um, we were talking about this, and one of the guests was saying that it's a thing called bath salts. She said she thinks it's a thing called not like bath salts that you get from like bed like bath Espen, and it, like bath and body works but it's like uh it's a low grade form of PCP and people are taking it and it's like somebody a bunch of people may have gotten a bad batch at least this guy in Miami Well that man. sounds like a bad fucking batch Yeah that's a bad batch people. yeah like <laughs> Yeah like what are the side effects with a bad batch like am I going to throw up yeah. get a headache No no you're going to get the um uncontrollable urge <laughs> right to now. start biting people now, see, I don't know if, like, I don't know. Like, I was, th- I, I talked about this on stage. <laughs> yeah. I talked about this on stage a couple of days ago. I said, I don't know if the world is ending because people, a dude ate another dude's face or if it's because a new Step Up movie is coming out. Like, I think, like, there's like seven of them. But, That's hilarious. But as far as the, the other story, like, in, in Joppa Town, Maryland, which is, like, Right outside of Baltimore, another dude like ate another dude like, and there was parts of his body in there. Part he ate his roommate. Now, but this is like Jeffrey Dahmer serial killer shit, or this is that same same PCP thing. I think it might be similar, but like if you Google like Joppa Town, Maryland, eat flesh eater or something, it'll probably come up. So okay, so let me get this straight. You're telling me that there is a a, a certain a low grade or a certain type of PCP. That if you get the bad batch, or people are getting a bad batch, and these are the same, these are the same cases of people that are eating flesh, eating human flesh. Yeah, like now, now I don't know about this. This <laughs> I don't know about the second one, but the first one, the person suggested that. I'm not saying that nobody's a doctor here, nobody's Doogie Hauser here, but we're just saying that. Because uh, we're joking here, but that yeah. really is scary shit. Like but, if 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 a bunch of people right. started to, you know, like if this started to continue to happen. Yeah. You know, where like one or two cases is one thing. You know, hopefully in 10 years we look back and go, hey, remember those two guys that ate people? Like, yeah, that's, that's you know, it'll be a trivial pursuit question. Right. Some shit like that. Right. But if, if, if all of a sudden you're like, dude, you hear about the zombie on a cruise ship? Like, it would be, yeah. it would get to the point where it would be like something's <laughs> fucked up. Right. You know, um, that was just a suggestion. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how. He did this shit in broad daylight on the highway? 
No, 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 no. This is like Miami. an apartment. The, no, no, the, no, dude, the dude in Miami. The, the, yes, the dude in yes, Miami yes. Just walked up and, and yeah. ate a dude's face. Yeah, they. And the dude didn't die. The dude, I think he was just in critical. He didn't die. The 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 eater did. The flesh eater did. But they but there was but there were signs of this. Like this dude, like this dude had problems. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was thirty one. He had he had he still had prison braids like cornrows. Who wears those except Amari Stoudemire? That's why he like. Yeah, but I mean, listen. Don't get me wrong. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But thirty one and being in prison braids doesn't fucking. He had mental issues. He had yeah yeah yeah. That I'll give you. Yeah, he had mental issues. And he was homeless for a while, and people said he was always walking around confused. He thought he was the type of person that thought everything was against him. Everybody was against He's him. He's looking at people. Like, remember in the cartoons when somebody was hungry and they turned into a hot dog or a turkey? Yeah. <laughs> he just looked at this dude and was like, he was I'm a, starving. He was a porterhouse. He's, like, yeah, he, <laughs> the other dude was yeah, like a porterhouse. Like when Bugs Bunny pictured a steak. Yeah. That's really fucked up, man. Like Because at first I heard, like, oh, they're zombies, and I was like, what is this? And then I read yeah. the story, and I was like, man. And, it, you know, I've always said this. Um, one thing that a people need to have in their house is a bottle of scotch and a gun. Because <laughs> if the shit goes down, I'm not going to be the dude with... Because listen, there's certain ways to die, right? There are certain ways that you could go. Um, getting fucking eaten to death by, by, uh, by somebody else is really... Like, that's tough legacy. That's going out like a bitch. Like, that's tough legacy. Like, did you hear what happened to him? <sighs> it's... I don't know. Like it, it, it's really, it's just, it's really weird. It's almost like you. I when I heard about it, I was just like, oh man, a dude ate somebody. That's like. All right. Yeah, like that was basically like the human National Geographic, like cheetah on a gazelle. It's cannibal. Like but Jeffrey like, Dahmer. How long ago was that? Like 15, yeah, but even 16? Jeffrey Dahmer had the decency he just to ate, bring him home. He just <laughs> ate black. He just ate black black. <laughs> Boys and <laughs> at least Jeffrey Dahmer he, took him out, man, and put him he, in the refrigerator. He knew what he liked. Like a cannibal was different than a, than than these people. Well, I mean, I can't even believe we're talking about potential zombies, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I think people are. That's that's the quick. That's, and, the, that's the name. That's they give the it. quick and dirty. It's well, zombies. Listen, here, here's the thing: if it happens dead. three or four more times, I'm it's, I'm scared. Like genuinely in society, I'd be yeah. scared. I'm telling you, dude, aliens coming. Aliens come in five years. You're gonna be like so and so found. So actually, they'd never show us because they got that they, you know, yeah. the real life men in black shit. There really is, aren't there? Really, people like there is like an agency that like kind of covers that shit up. Uh, it probably is. I wouldn't put. I'm not a conspiracy theorist well, by any but means, but there, yeah, it probably is. Area 51 says if you go past this point, you're gonna be shot on the spot. Like that's gotta be. There's certain places that you can't go in a Walmart. So what do you think the government has? <laughs> you know funny. what I mean. That's fine. So, well, you know, you know, you ever did you ever um, hear about that book of Jackie Gleason's wife did when he died? No, no. it's kind of interesting. Uh, actually, I, you know what? To be honest with you, uh, I don't even know government-wise if I should say this shit public. Oh, it was in a book, so I can. Okay, it was in a book. Never mind. The views uh, of Paul Verzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The views <laughs> of Paul Verzi alone. Uh, apparently, <laughs> in the book, Jackie Gleason's wife said that he came home from hanging out with Richard Nixon because he was close with, with okay. the president. Right. And they took him to some underground naval base, and he saw some shit going down on a body that was not from this world. And mm. she said he walked in pale as a fucking ghost. And, like, that's in the book. Now, wow. c- people could say, oh, she tried to sell a book, but that's a tough one to sell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're, you know, I, I, of all things, when your husband dies, if you do a book and he was close with the president, that would be really fucking crazy yeah. to just automatically say that. Um, I mean, she waited until, I mean, how much more money? If, like, her, I don't know how... 
how his contract was set up, like Jackie Gleason. But he had to be a super rich dude. So I, I'm sure. Doing I'm sure mon- for the times and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. For th- the lot, you know, you know that that's there's and and what is it with Florida, man? Florida just, is just the craziest shit happens in the state of Florida. It's crazy. Casey Anthony and another miss one, and this one does this, and this one killed this one, and this family, man, it's crazy. I had a cousin that died down there, got murdered down there, but that's a whole other story, man. But, yeah, Florida's a fucked up place. That's a crazy thing to say, though, to just come out with that. You're like, yeah, I had a cousin at that, but that's a whole other. It's a. I don't like, know like, how you want. And on a special version. No, no, no. But you had, you had a. That's tough. Yeah, first of all, I'm sorry I, to hear that. I man. had a cousin. Uh, this had to be 97. So 90. Yeah, was 90. This a stri- was it a gang homicide? No. Was it a gang? Because he was black. No, 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 no. I'm just <laughs> saying, never, like. No, I had a. You cut. said he got killed. So he I was figured. murdered down there. He 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 was uh, a carnival worker. He had a history with drugs. Oh, okay. And uh, he like cute figures. No, I'm just <laughs> trying to lo- I'm just trying to bring some levity <laughs> to this. Uh, but he had a he he was a actually. I'll preface this by saying like this this guy was like the sweetest one of the best uh, that's cousins that I've had. Like he he took care of me and my other cousins. Oh, that's terrible. Sweet guy. They he get just, the guy that did it. Yeah, they oh, just good. they just they just uh, he just got caught up in the wrong crowd. So he's just like a journeyman type guy, and the drugs you know fuck fuck people up. And uh, he was a carnival worker, and he happened to be in Florida. He had an argument with a dude, and then later on, while he was sleeping, like the dude bashed him on the head with like a a rock while he was sleeping. Yeah, while he was sleeping, and killed him uh, over drugs. Uh, whatever their argument was. was, he drugs essentially led him led to that. To, to so it's like you said, it's a bad crowd. No, and it's funny because when you said that, I didn't mean it. Like I know, no, no, no. But it's funny when I hear murder from a woman, I think of like. No, this was a dude. No, no, no. But I'm My, saying when oh, I hear a woman got murdered, okay, you you just don't associate it with gangs. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. I know what you're and, saying, and it's like, but but um, you know, I've heard of just like, and I'm really sorry about your cousin, mm. man. But I just, I just heard of the most horrible things that happened down in the state of Florida. Yeah. And after like a few, you know, it's like okay, that coincidence. But now it's like year after it's, year. It's just a weird like you had Trayvon Martin that that was in Miami and oh and like, yeah. And it's just like it's an. I would there's a I was in a play called The Exonerated, which is like a a play about six or seven people that were exonerated from murder. Because uh, they were wrongfully convicted, and there's a lot of it was in Broward County, Florida. Like you know, like just terrible stuff happening to these people. Uh, but yeah, like it's uh, that's just a region that's just it's crazy down there. Yeah, you know, and now they got zombies down there. What's next? I don't know. Well, it's a new Step Up movie <laughs> <laughs> that they filmed in Miami. So the Heat better win. We're gonna get they, to that in a second. We're gonna get to that in a second. <laughs> Uh, enough about zombies. We're going to yeah. move along here. We're going to get to sports. Uh, you're a sports fan. I'm yes, a sir. sports fan. If you listen to the Verzi Effect, we do sports. We do movies. We got your Unacceptable, which today will fall into the sports. Um, you know what? We'll get into we'll get into the movie thing real quick because uh, I haven't seen one, but you've seen a new one, and then after that we'll do sports. So why don't you tell everybody? <laughs> Chris told me the movie that he saw. Um, so I don't think I'm going to ever be able to review this movie on my show. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the Verzi Effect podcast, we'll never give this a review, but my guest today happens to have seen a new release, so tell us what you saw. 
I saw, I was, okay, let me preface this by saying. <laughs> That's how you know. Let me preface this by saying, I don't give a shit what people think about this. But also, <laughs> I'll say uh, that I was here at Levity Live, and Levity Live, I was uh, working with Nori Davis uh, on Wednesday. And right, right. So I work, I work in White Plains, which is like a half an hour from here. Sure. I'm not going to go home to Jersey. So usually when I'm doing a show here, I'll go to a movie to kill some time before the show. Right. So there was nothing I really wanted to see, and uh, I did see that there was a movie playing called Girl in Progress, starring the very beautiful Eva <laughs> Mendez. And so, Who's a listener, by the way. She's a listener. Okay, wow. <laughs> hey, Eva, what's up? Uh, <laughs> hope Ryan's treating you right. Uh, Ryan um, who? Ryan Gosling. She's supposed to be dating him, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you know I could. You, you know you're new to the show, so I won't get on you for knowing that. But but you know that. I mean, I'm a comedian. I consume like media. <laughs> I have a Twitter account. I'm fucking with you, man. Okay. So, so, <laughs> I like that. You know that I she's dead. What the who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> I don't. I don't care. I'll, that's hilarious that you actually got. You were like, wait a minute. You got defensive for a second. I'm fucking with you. And it's like, but I didn't know that. Just so, just for the record, <laughs> I didn't know that. I mean, it, it's it's just around. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's not like oh, you don't uh, know that she's dating Ryan Gosling. I don't even know how new that is. So, yeah. so what's tell me what what's Girl in Progress? Girl about? in Progress is this movie. It takes place in Seattle, and Eva Mendez plays a single mom. She's raising a kid and a precocious kid, maybe high school age. And she's trying to get, you know, trying to get through her life. And, and she's a she, stripper. Let me guess. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. she's actually a waitress. Oh, okay. And she cleans houses because she's Latin. Um, <laughs> and uh, she's dating She's dating a married man. She's actually dating the the her the guy that she, that's paying her to clean uh, her house. Oh, so, okay. The... the the person who hired the nanny. She, yeah. She's whatever. She's pretty much. So, dating him, right. so the daughter is not. She, so she's running off dating this this doctor who's married. And the daughter is is pretty much like a smart kid. She's in a like a prep private school. And she's trying to go through life and trying to get noticed. So she decides that she's going to become like have a. Uh, oh, what what is it? She decides that she's going to have create her own coming of age story. So it's almost like a play on the coming of age story. She's going to make all these things. Is she things good happen. in it? She's good. Like this little girl, I don't I don't know her name, but she's she's very good. She's like, good in it, all right. And it's a cute it, the movie's kind of like like Spanglish. Okay. Mixed with the little mean girls. Oh, okay. So it has a little it has a little edge to it. It's actually a pretty good movie. Not bad. It's not like I I actually enjoyed it. You recommend it? I would recommend seeing it. You probably like as of now, like you probably won't see it in the theater, but probably on, when it comes out on DVD, it's one of those movies. It's where one you of just those. Say, you, right. You'll be like, oh, okay. All, like, right, All right, cool, cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, come in, Joe. What? Matarese is outside. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, what? Joe. Joe Matarese just walked in the room. What'd the legendary say? Joe Matarese. Uh, probably like ten. He wants his toy back. We got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we doing, Are it, we right? doing it right? Are we doing it right? Is it looking good? Yeah, you're at 46 minutes. 46 oh, cool, minutes. Cool. How, how'd the yeah. show go? We've got it piped in over the uh, sound system instead of Jake Johnson's headline set, which is here. Oh, nice. <laughs> Not, that'd be hilarious. We're doing the good um, work. 
All right, so you you would say to the listeners that girl in progress. <laughs> girl in Check pro- it out, man. Like like when it comes out on Netflix or something. It's just a good little movie. It's a, right. like a wholesome. Like I I watch everything. Yeah. And even Mendez is nice to look at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, even you know though she. Funny. Go ahead. No, it's funny because like I fucked with you at the beginning, and now you like now you're defending it, but you're like, no, it's a good. And I actually I like get that. this shit. Listen, man. I'll be honest with you, man. On the way here, you know that song. Um, there's a song like you ever listen to "Bitch Shit" in the car? No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> is, that, is that a group or what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> "Bitch Shit"? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like girls. Oh, girl. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Sometimes like, look. Like I was listening to that song, you know that song, "Here's My Number," "Call Me Maybe," and I was just like, I actually bopped for a second. I was like, "What the fuck am I, I doing?" Don't know but what you know that what? Is. Like, no, nah, there's sometimes there's even I'm not gonna lie. There's a couple Lady Gaga songs I said were good. Go ahead. I don't know her song, but sometimes I'll <laughs> on Fridays uh, when I'm in gridlock traffic, I will listen to Selena Gomez. That's hilarious. Her "When the Sun Goes Down." The al- that album is dope yeah like no i listened to some things one time i had i was funny man i was going down to the city do a uh, set yeah and my my window was down i went to a toll <laughs> and i didn't realize it but kelly clarkson was bumping right because i had like z100 or something and i just had it loud and i was just you know i pulled up and the kelly clarkson song was and it was a female uh-huh. toll assistant and i just for a second i was like oh shit and i just lowered it i put that shit down and i was I'll like spread Shit. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't yeah, no, but uh, I hear what you're saying because I've definitely watched some movies. I, I will say this, though. I have never, and I actually want to, but I have never seen The Notebook. Have you? I have. The It's it's actually pretty good. Like, the first time the first time I watched it. You cried? Had, no, 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 no. It was a gr- one of the best nights with friends that I ever had. Like, wow. I was supposed to, um, this is when I was living in Chicago. And I, I was supposed to watch it with one of my friends. Like, oh, well, I'll go see that movie. And we never saw it. So it came out on DVD. Um, I, I bought it for like seven bucks because it was used. And I had, it was supposed to be me and her. And then she's not my girl or anything, but it was like four or five other people came through and we watched it and we made fun of it. And we just had a great time. Oh, like, okay. It was just like, we got pizza. It was a crazy time. Good movie. But I don't, I have a bone. I hate Nicholas Sparks. Cause he, I don't know who that is. Who's Nicholas that? Sparks is the guy that writes the books. Oh, okay. That become the movies. Oh, okay. Like I, like he, like he pisses me off because he sets everything up in these like beautiful towns where like there's a a desegregated school and everybody's eating ice cream from Dairy Queen. Oh, and okay. It's a beautiful picturesque town that looks like a Norman Rockwell painting. Oh, okay. And then he just fucks it up by like killing somebody. Like he'll kill like Mandy Moore, <laughs> like she fucking gets leukemia and she dies. Yeah, he go he goes straight for like this. You know, yeah. it's funny. Like I can't see movies like that because my wife she doesn't like. She'll cry. My wife doesn't like movies that are even uplifting if they're really sad at the end. Like like it's just it's hard, and I get that sometimes. Like I remember one time we were watching uh, we were watching like the Kentucky Derby together, and we were excited. Okay. I went to Yonkers Raceway. I yeah. got tickets. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the the one female horse that was running with the boys like broke her ankle and died. And they had to kill her. And they right? had to like kill it right there. And my wife, we went from like this great moment of watching the thing to my wife just crying. But there are certain movies where my wife's like, "Yeah, that looks really good." But if it's got that the person dies or like dies for somebody, it's that just, uh, Will yeah. Smith movie Seven that, Pounds. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's like trying to be sh- Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's, it's um, so okay. So Girl in Progress. If you're out there, hey, listen, Crazy Stupid Love. 
the good show movie. was good. It was a really good movie. Dude, like that but see that's But see for me that that summer, that was last summer. Yeah. For me, horrible bosses took it. I, I liked Horrible Bosses. You, I, I know you didn't like Horrible Bosses. I was, that shit was I was disappointed. I think that Jamie Foxx, like, he was hilarious. Like the whole thing where they thought he was a bad guy and then he's oh, like, and at the end he, he happens he's to like, be- he's like, You ever heard of Ethan Hawk? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There's a movie called Snowfall. And <laughs> oh, yeah, the that most was random oh, that, shit. Dude, like, I it was cried great. at that it part. Was great. I cried like, at that it part. Was, it, was, it was okay. But, like, but I liked it. You know, speak, Matt Arise goes, dude, you got to see Crazy Stupid Love. And good. I went and I had nothing to do and I went alone because as comedians, we go alone. You cry, yeah. You go yeah. to a lot. I didn't cry, but I just sat and I was like, this is a good movie. Then recently, my mother in law came over mm-hmm. and her and my wife got it on demand. Yeah. And they loved it. They watched, I it, the get, next, they watched it the next day. I want to own that. I want to get that. That's, like, that's a good movie. Yeah, a good All right, movie. so listen, you heard it from Chris Lambert. Um, go see uh, Girl in Progress, and if you don't see it in the theaters, check it out in, uh, when it comes out to, to DVD. It's probably going to be on DVD Now, soon. we have a couple more, uh, couple more things to okay. knock out here. All right. And uh, this is both of, uh, both of interest to both of us here, sports. Um, I made a very bold prediction on the podcast saying that um, – I was sick and tired of people flip flopping and ESPN saying, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I heard that. You yeah, know, I heard that rant. You know, yeah. yeah, but it's true. It's like, yeah, it could go either way, but I like them. That you know, that doesn't make sense to me. You get paid for this. What would right. Jimmy the Greek do? Say what you think is going to happen. And say something I racist. Watched, but I will say this: I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. Um, but I didn't mean that way. I know. Uh, I know. You're one of those black dudes. I got to watch what I say. Cause no, like, no, 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 no. Like, yeah, no, Verzi, I did. I did his podcast. Nice guy. Fucking racist. Though. Fucking racist. Um, I think. <laughs> I, I think that when you stick, I think. I think a, a beautiful part of watching sports, okay, is the phone call to a friend or the prediction to people to say, yeah. "I've watched enough." But I will say this: I really let the Spurs fly under the radar. I never paid attention to them. In my mind, the Spurs, and shame on me, but the Spurs were old. The Spurs were done. The West was not theirs anymore. I was looking at the Lakers slipping. The young and sexy team. You know, I was looking at the Lakers slipping, Oklahoma City coming. There were some other teams. Even Memphis was a team. Also, you can't forget, Chris Paul goes to the Clippers with Blake Griffin. That team is coming. So So the Spurs, to me, were like, okay, Tim Duncan's old. I know he's a Hall of Famer. He's old. But, and I, and I might be wrong, and it's looking like I'm going to be wrong, but I'm not jumping off. Uh, I can't jump off it yet because here's why. If Oklahoma City does tie the series tomorrow, which I think they're going to, okay, they always say the series never starts till somebody loses at home. Nobody's lost at home yet. Spurs won two at home. Oklahoma City won this one at home. They're coming back. If, if Oklahoma City ties this series – I'm sorry, I'm not getting all hyped. Uh, you're like, dude, dude, we're just talking sports. Relax. I stood like, up. What, son? Uh, oh, that's awesome, dude. Yes, I just got a text. I just got a text from my wife saying that Lucas pooped in the potty for the first time. Shit, I wasn't there, but that's awesome. That's great, man. Uh, but he's actually pooped in the potty at school. He poops in the potty at school, but he doesn't poop in oh, the potty at poop home. Oh, that's so great. So at home, he kind of just goes in a private thing and does it in a diaper. Yes. You were here for All right. it. We're gonna, All right, we're man. Gonna, there we go. Congratulations he, to my son, Lucas Paul Verzi, who just pooped in the potty at home. That's awesome. Um, 
and I'm talking about it here on you the podcast. You should tweet that, too. Yeah, I'm definitely going to tweet that. Good call. Um, all right, a lot's happening here. Episode 64 yeah. is turning into uh, it's turning into a, a milestone. Yeah, you, you, you can tweet that, and I will not retweet it, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome, yeah, though. Yeah, his, his, yeah, that would be weird if you retweeted it's it. Like, yeah, um, but let me, let me look, going, going back to this, that's awesome, though, because my wife called, and every time she calls and then texts, you think it's I'm, something like, wrong, I'm like, I'm like, just yeah. hoping nothing happened. So she said. Just uh, hit her back and say that's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I did. I okay. did. Um, talking about it on podcast. How about that? Talking about it on podcast. Um, and you know what's funny? He's going to tell me as soon as I um, walk in the door or see him tomorrow. Dad, Dad, I pooped in the potty. Are you going to um, give him like anything, like a present I think or so. like some kind of No, a, he's got to get, I mean, he likes cars or trucks, dude. He, he just he just did his thing. in the. Got to get just, him a matchbox. Do they still make those? Oh, yeah, yeah. They, okay. they make them. It's, um, that's funny. But let, let me give, <laughs> do they still make those? <laughs> I don't they, know they, if they people do. People eat burgers still? Um, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go and say I was 100% wrong. Now, listen, obviously, if it was 03, hear me out. I will say this, Greg Popovich outcoached the shit out of that dude Scott Brooks in game two where he, he changed things up. But then, last night, Oklahoma City made some adjustments, went to a smaller lineup, and didn't beat them. Smoked them. Smoked them. By like 20, right? They, they ended up, it was 18. more than that, but it turned it to, okay. it, it ended up at 20, then they cleared the benches or whatever. Okay. Oklahoma City had control of the game, played at a different level the whole game because they knew their back's against the wall. Now, and that place gets really, really loud. I think they're going to tie it. Then I think they're going to go to San Antonio and lose. I'm actually starting to think that it will go seven now. I predicted Oklahoma City in six. I think the Spurs can be too much at home, and I think home court's going to really, really help them here. So I don't know if my prediction is going to be right. But I will say this. Watching last night, I think it's going to be tied after tomorrow night. What do you think? I wouldn't be surprised. I think you, your, your stars usually play better your stars play well all the time for the most part. Right. It's the it's the secondary and the reserve, you know, reserve Reserves. bench players that that play better at home. So if they take that same energy, it could be a it could be a more interesting series. But but back to what you were saying, what you were saying earlier, the Spurs weren't on your radar because they're not sexy to watch. And right, that's right. that's that's a, 100% right. That's a that's a regional thing. That's cuz we're we're in the New York area. They're in Texas. Yeah. And then it's just it's a lot of variables that well, make, you know. It it you you nailed it. And I said something unfortunately I can't say it here on the podcast because I'm writing for the ESPYs, but uh you know, I wrote something and uh it was like, you know, they were just like you got to save that if the Spurs win. Mhm. My joke that I wrote about them is 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 kind it's of along it. the lines of that, and I'm not going to say it's in it, but I think it's definitely. If Seth Meyers was hosting, mm-hmm. it would be in because it's in his wheelhouse. Riggle's this hosting time, that. it's Riggle. I don't know how he would do it in his voice, but I wrote something, and it and, and it's kind of along the lines of without giving any jokes or punchlines away. It's along the lines of yeah, they're not sexy, but I will say this: I watch the NBA. And um, you know what's funny? I keep saying I will say this, like like I'm not going to say it. The Spurs are a team that have the role players, Ginobili, Tim Duncan, uh, Tony Parker's great, um, and then they got the guys that, that Popovich knows how to inject. Well, it's like Steven Jackson. and, and right. I was listening. Steven Jackson's a perfect example I was that. listening to – I love listening to Jalen Rose, uh, his podcast on the Grantland Network. He is so – 
great. Like he's great at breaking down it, just like to the to the least common denominator. Right. The host asked him, he's like, Jalen, what did it mean when Popovich said, "Let's bring in the nasty"? You know that sound clip yeah. that everybody was talking. And you about? You know what? That changed the game. Right. And and he said, "What did that mean, Jalen?" Jalen said, "All that meant was we're bringing Stephen Jackson in to guard Kevin Durant." Uh, that's why we we picked him up from the Bucks. Yeah, that's all that meant, and everybody else was like jerking off to. They, they, he said, "Bringing the nasty." Right, and, uh, right. Well, you know what he made. He said something though to them that I noticed too. I don't know if you remember the game game one, Oklahoma City. The first three quarters of game one, Oklahoma City yeah. was winning and actually outplaying. And I did see in Parker's face and in Duncan's face during those first three quarters, I saw them kind of like looking at themselves going, man, this team could bring it. We could lose to them. Mm. And I think Popovich nipped that in the bud too. And Steven Jackson being injected in the lineup was the action he took for that. But I did notice them on their heels a little bit. Then in game two, I think after the adjustments, Popovich was like, we could beat them. But I give credit because when you go down 0-2 and you get out coached, you could lay down. Oklahoma City was like, no, we're more athletic. I just think this is an interesting series. I think Durant is awesome. Westbrook has been playing good. That kid Harden actually said he was mentally shook on the road, and he had to talk himself out of it, and he's playing better now. So um, I'm not going to throw in the towel and say I'm done with Oklahoma City yet. I think it's going to be interesting. It's just like it's almost like – riffing off of what you said about oh well i well i this i said they were gonna do this but it could happen either way yeah i feel that way like it could go either way like well how scary would it be for san antonio if it goes into san antonio tied at two that game five is really yeah that game five is almost like a like a gravy game for you know they're back at zero because they're, they're back, both back at they're zero, back at zero. zero so zero. if in san antonio's mind if god forbid they come in here and steal this we go back to we go back to oklahoma city that could be I it. Think tomorrow is the biggest tie in this series at two i yeah. think anybody could win the series i don't think it was you know after the first two games everyone's like they're done mm-hmm. now i predicted on the show um oklahoma city would beat the miami heat i'm gonna get to the miami heat in boston um I think that Miami, that second game, I think that they got lucky. I think that LeBron James, uh, I think LeBron James got bailed out. I think LeBron James had two really bad minutes of his career. um, Of his career? Of his career. And I'm going to tell you why. LeBron James has this thing where I've talked about it many times, and Stephen A. Smith has said it, and a bunch of people, ESPN people have said it. LeBron James has this thing where he can do anything he wants to do talent-wise. I've never seen a guy take it to the hole that with that ease and score at will like that when he wants to because he just bulldozes people out. I of the always way. say like every time he goes to the basket, he's like Christian Okoye yeah. from the like Kansas you, City Chiefs. He's such a gigantic human being, yeah. and he looks like a tight end. He's ripped. He's six eight, and he's nimble and agile and all that shit. And and it's amazing. Like it's like when A Rod a couple years ago, you watch A Rod. A Rod. I remember one time A Rod thought he popped up a foul and it went over the fence. It was one of the. I've never seen it at home. He was at home plate. He hit the ball and he was stopped at home plate. He was looking straight up like the catcher was going to get it and it was a home run. I've never seen it before. Oh really? That's how insane of a talent he was. On the juice. LeBron. Yeah, on the juice. LeBron James is a guy that he defers a lot and he's deferred. 
I saw him once, I'm like, I got to give him a break. I saw it twice, and I was like, maybe it's a coincidence. I've seen now on four occasions, Shane, Mario Chalmers take the last shot. Dwayne Wade takes the last shot a lot, which fine. Dwayne Wade's got a ring. He can. But give the ball to Battier. Battier gives it back. Instead of driving to the hole, he, because he missed foul shots earlier. Now, and th- the reason why I said this was the worst two minutes, I was texting back and forth with people. Boston came back. Rondo is just a next-level shit. Okay. The game gets tied. LeBron gets the ball, and it was like, I think if he knocks that shot down, confidence goes through the roof, and it's like, because he did it a lot with Cleveland when, there were no, when it was like it had to be him, right? But I feel like since the decision, since he admitted I didn't like to be the – I didn't well, like uh, – uh, Talk about the game. No, no, no. I'm talk, gonna, talk about the game, what you think happened, not about no, the, no, but, but not see, about the per stuff on the periphery. No, but you, you have a point. No, no, but here's the thing, though. I think the stuff outside has led to things on the court, and I think that this year he gets the MVP and he's just been dominant. Oh, he had third. the chance. He missed the two foul shots, okay, in the game. I'm talking games ago, he missed the two foul shots. Now he gets the ball. It wasn't Wade. It was him. And I was happy when he put the ball down and there are four seconds left. And I'm like, he's not going to pass. He's going to shoot. Then he missed. Okay? He missed it. Shit. That could, it, was, it was a nine-footer. It was a foul shot. Okay? He missed it. The game. It, it was to the when, right of the – was to the right Rondo of, was on him, yeah. Yeah, he was to the right of it, but it wasn't it – wasn't, he missed it. Fine. Then he comes in. There was another tip, and he missed, and it just looked like, oh, shit. But then when he went to the foul line and missed two more after that, I was just like, this is – this is confidence, and, and I, Burr texted me, and Burr goes, he needs to shoot out this fear. And I'm like, he, he's probably trying to do that. He needs one to get knocked down. But I think his confidence in that moment has continued to go down and go down, and it's like, I know when Kevin Durant takes that shot, he's going to make it. Carmelo wants that shot. Michael Jordan, we don't have to talk about. Kobe Bryant wants it. This guy Actually, is a head case. can I say something now? Go ahead, go ahead. Actually, we do have to talk about Michael Jordan. You're old enough. You're the same. Pretty much, you're a year or two older than me. You saw a lot of those championship games at Michael Jordan. Who did he pass to? Um, uh, no, a Paxson, lot of times. A lot of times he passed to Kerr, Paxson, B.J. Armstrong. B- BJ. People, people get upset about this. Is my unacceptable? Unacceptable uh, for uh, the week. For the week about uh, people hating on LBJ. Go ahead. People hating on him. People don't like him. All right. People get upset that he's not the player that they Wanted want to. him to be. He's always been more like Magic Johnson uh, when it comes to the type of player, you know, that, that, that he is, if you're going to put him in a category, or Oscar Robinson. Uh, more, more so like Peyton Manning on the, ba- on the basketball court. He's always going to try to make the best basketball play. Now I will say this about that game. When in reg at the end of regulation, Rondo was on him. He should have took Rondo to the bucket and drove to the basket. Will I will I admit that he has there is a fear? Yeah, there is a fear. There is something mentally blocking him from from doing that. But you can't place all of that on him. A lot of times when people make a make make a make a uh, critique of him, they always go back to the decision. Fuck the decision. Right. right. That was two years ago. No, no, wait, no. Wait, hold on. That was two years ago. Uh, ESPN. They both. They were all in the bed with him when that happened. Absolutely. They they did that. 
Nobody talks about all that money he raised for those kids yeah. out there in, in Cleveland. No, that's true. Wait, hold on, hold that's on. True, nobody, that's true. nobody said anything about that. It's almost like, why would you? I can understand not liking the guy, or because he didn't, he didn't come to your team, or but it, it seems like it's just a little bit too much, and it's it's annoying. It's like. It's like I watched I looked at his uh MVP speech. I watched the whole entire speech. He seemed to be more humbled. Oh sure. And he seemed to be he still almost seemed to be a part of him just seemed to be like I really don't believe that I'm here that I'm wearing this uniform. Right. And that and and I think there there's something to be said about that guy being humble after all the stuff he's been through moving from house to house, a mother, and it's almost like people are like, fuck you for rising above your... No, no, hold on. It's almost like, say, no, 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 this is you going to say something. But it's almost like people are like, fuck you for defying the odds and making something out of your life and, and actually playing out your contract uh, legally and, and choosing your own destiny. Uh, that's a lot. That happens a lot with black athletes. That's a that's a that's on a macro level. That's a black athlete thing. But back to the game, it, it's why I root so hard for him. That's why I want him to win so bad. And I hate myself for being invested in this shit. That's right. not even gonna change well, my life. All right. But well, all right. L- l- let me say this now, and that's cool that you're defending him. Mm. But I have to tell you, man, and and you make you make some good points. But as far as overcoming shit, fuck that. There are kids that play in the NBA, came from fucking I'm- so much worse than that. And when you have that talent, at one point or another, get rid of the mental block or do like 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 fix it and 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 don't. I don't want to hear. Well, you know, I had it hard because I was moving from house no, to no, house. No, no, my no, mother. no, no, no. Hold on, let me just. He finish. doesn't bring that. He doesn't bring that up. But I'm talking about on a macro level. It, it just seems that it, it's too much. I think there's a lot of jealousy. Right, there is jealousy, comes. but but there is jealousy, and 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 I understand that the money went to the Boys and Girls Club of America. That's great, man. Three million dollars or whatever. But he even admitted doing. He that admitted was it was di- wrong. It yeah, was wrong. It, was, it wasn't even just wrong. It was fucking narcissistic. <laughs> it was narcissistic. It was arrogant, and it wasn't. It was so opposite of but humble. But he apologized for I that. I understand that. But you can't go from that shit to one year later going, yeah, I'm humble. Of course, listen, do I think LeBron James is a bad dude? No. Do I think he's a nice guy? Yes. Uh, 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 not Riley. Barkley said he's even too much of a nice guy. And I think he's actually a smart basketball player. I say all that shit. But I know this guy could drive to the hole get a foul or go and win a game, and because of his fear, he doesn't. And then when people complain about it, people like you or other people who support the Heat might say, oh, it's annoying, when it's like, dude, take it to the rack and either dump it, dunk it or go to the foul line, but he's afraid he's going to miss. This guy, hold on just one second, okay? I let you talk, let me talk. He, he went to, he didn't do the dunk contest. Because he doesn't want to lose. Jordan did None it. None of them did. Fuck Jordan it, did that it. That don't mean shit. Jordan that did it. That was a different time. Okay, Kobe did it his rookie year. Blake Griffin did it. I've seen LeBron James. You've seen LeBron James do dunks in games that win dunk contests, but he doesn't for some reason. And I, it's it has that mental block. It's the same but, mental block as A-Rod. All I'm saying is, do I think the guy is great, dude? I could never. How can I knock the guy? The guy's probably going to end up being one of the top three or five basketball players to ever live. But there is that stat. 
there is that st- – and you're right. You make a really good point, actually, by the way. It was probably one of the best points that I've heard f- uh, in defense of LeBron James. Was, was Was he did – I did watch those games growing up against the Knicks. Of course, it killed me, ripped my heart out. But uh, the John Paxson and the B.J. Armstrong. Well, Michael Jordan did- used to say, like, they're going to double-team me. I'm going to pass it to you, Steve Kerr, and you better fucking make it to something to that extent. He's like, right. you better make the shot. Right. Uh, LeBron, and he would fucking freak if they didn't. <laughs> they they like think he, that it would yeah, fear. When he decides to get me, I'm, I've seen, I want this to happen for him so bad. Like, I want him to make it to shut people up for, like, at least five minutes. But I can't make him do that. But And, and I'm like I was trying to tell you before, I'm more mad at myself. For getting invested. For in. getting invested. Right. I tried they to brought tell, you in, yeah. I tried to tell myself that I wouldn't do it. Now, there's a, par, a piece of me out there rooting for Kevin Durant. Because he's yeah. from my area, yeah. Yeah, PG yeah. County, but I, but not yet. See that dude to me, that dude to me is everything that a ball player should be. Because he did come from crazy beginning. He came from really humble beginnings. He came from things that are tough. But like during that whole thing of LeBron's free agency, he went right to the ownership and was like, "Let's lock this down." He was willing to take less shots because he knows that Westbrook needs to get off and get those shots. This kid wants to win. He's a good kid. I'm not saying LeBron, he could be meaner too. And I'm not, he could be. That's a great point. And I'm not saying LeBron James. See, I don't. I don't want to get. I don't want people to think I'm. Like, when I watch LeBron and I see some of the things he does, I'm like, this guy is unbelievable. But as a sports fan and as somebody who likes to watch greatness, okay, when you wanted to watch Muhammad Ali, you wanted to watch Jordan, even a fucking great horse, you want to see what they could do. When you know the guy can do it, I can't remember watching Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant ever miss two foul shots in a playoff game. Ever. Fucking ever. Let alone last two minutes of a game because he had just missed a shot. So it's, it's that mental block you talked about where I think if he didn't, and maybe you're right, you said... Maybe I want him to be, but see, I want him to be what he wants to be, too, because he wants to be that. I'll just say sometimes, like, not to you, but just to people out there in general, it's like he LeBron may not be the player that you want him to be. Are you are you the the person your parents wanted you to be? Are you the worker that you, your boss wants you to be? Look within yourself <laughs> sometimes. It just – I don't know. I just have – Turn this it, shit into a sermon. No, I it, hear what you're saying. I just have like Hilarious. a visceral, it, and I'm not saying it's rationally right the way that I feel, but I have a visceral reaction when it comes to to players, like some black athletes. Well, I feel uh, I understand that, but like I don't look at it. You know, I'm not looking. I know at, you don't. I'm not looking at this as anything other than talented people that I've seen play basketball, regardless right. of their color, regardless of anything. Right. Okay, and I understand. I'm not. Listen, I'm. I'm not. I didn't come from where LeBron James came from. I didn't go through what he went through with his mother. I understand that. I don't know what the kid's really about deep down inside. Yeah. The same way when A-Rod was stri- – you know, I watched A-Rod with 0-2 count. Stri- no, he's going to strike. I've watched A-Rod and predicted when he had an 0-2 count, he's striking out right now. I've watched Jeter with an 0-2 count and go, Jeter's fighting. I've watched A-Rod mentally. They're going to boo me right now. I'm scared. I've seen it. And I don't look at, you know – what the fuck the guy is. I don't care about his nationality, his religion, his color. I want to watch a great ball player. I want to watch somebody that can fucking win a championship. And I think this Miami Heat team should have locked up not only last year's championship with Bosch, I thought I think this team should go on a fucking run, and they're not. And you know what? Seth Meyers' joke for the ESPYs, which I didn't write, What's but one of the best things he said, he goes, yeah, you know, Miami got the big three this year, which represents the amount of quarters they play. And nobody could say they fucking played good in those fourth quarters against against Miami. But but you know who, who who's like Dwayne Wade is, has been like, 
Teflon for the last year and a half. They just started. No, he just started the they last few just, games. Like he, he's balling yeah. out of control like the last right four or now, five games. Yeah. But, but prior to that, it was all on LeBron. They, they said, oh, he went down there to play with D. Wade. You know whose team that is, don't you? Right. Yeah. That's LeBron's team. Now. Now. It's always been his yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, from when he got there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, from when he got there. But, you know, I I, I do see more of that want to win or fight in, in Wade. Yeah. Well, now you do because yeah. he's got a fire lit up under his ass when he kicked Kevin Garnett you know, I, in the I'll chest. be honest. I don't, think, I don't think the Heat are going to do it this year. I don't. I, I think whoever going to do it is going to come out of the West, and I just feel like, you know what, I just want to see the guy become what he wants to become. I want to see him. Be, I think he can be Kevin Durant. I'll just say that I'm nervous. Right. Well, this was a good argument. This was the first time that I actually sat with somebody and argued points back and forth. The B.J. Armstrong Paxson point was, was true. But, you know, at first when I was talking about the decision, you cut me off thinking I was just going to go back to the hatred that I didn't like it. But you but what brought I was it up. Doing, no, but, but the reason I brought it up was he said that that made him the villain and he tried to embrace that but, role. And, he, and, and then he, he said he it. He said it was, he said I was wrong. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about the decision mm. being right or the decision. I'm talking about. He said embracing that villain role from the decision was a big lie. He said he didn't like what he had become. And you could tell. And you could tell. And he was, like, uncomfortable with it because he's a likable, wants to be a likable guy. So when he was getting booed, it bothered him. But Mm -hmm. I feel like if you notice, he's saying little things along this ride. I would go back to Cleveland if they would have. I, I would, you know, yeah. he's, he's saying things like that. He's trying to, I think what he's trying to do is he's starting to slowly try to mend. And he said, maybe I did handle it wrong. He never left Ohio. Right. Like, he lives there. Right. Like, and he does that, the charity events and all that stuff. I, I just think people sometimes think that these guys, just because they make all this money and it's probably something God willing that we we in in our quest for being great performers, great artists, we may have those issues, and you might have people on the level that you are now that say, "Oh, Paul, who does he think he?" You know, like they might think that you're just a cardboard figure when when they're they don't think that there's a heartbeat there. Well, I mean, listen, I would look at it like this: if somebody, you know, if you have if you have a passion and a heart for something, and you want to become a champion, or you want to become great as a stand-up, or you want to be the best fucking dentist, whatever it is that you want to do, there there is an element of what we do fear. Mm-hmm. LeBron James has a fear right now, and he's still he's still a young guy, and I think what he needs to do and what he can do. Michael Jordan told him this: you need to go through this. I want to know if he has it in him. I've seen everything has indicated to me that he is one of the most talented basketball players I've ever seen right. without the Tom Brady or Derek Jeter heart. And, or, or, or not heart, but, but fire. Like when, when, when Oak, I mean, uh, I keep calling, I can't fucking Barkley. When mm-hmm. Barkley said he just needs to have a little more fuck you, I, this is who I am. And I think hopefully we see that. And I'll tell you this, if he wins a championship, I will be the first to go, you know what, man? He did it. He did it like that. But... I can't, I will never defend Mario Chalmers or, or giving the ball up in the last minute of a game to, to those guys when they're covered. Now listen, don't forget, when Michael Jordan came down to B.J. Armstrong and Pacton, he would drive and they would be wide open like that's what you needed to do. That's but you but you've, seen, you've seen LeBron not take the lane. And, right. that's, and that's, that's what I'm saying. So I I'll just want to see that. that. I'll admit right. that. I'm just saying like there, there's also, it's just like you say why, oh, San Antonio is off my radar. There's a lot of I didn't know they were that good, but they've always been that good. No, no, no. They, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But it's just like it's just like there's also it would be 
I would be remiss to not bring the racial element up, the the jealousy or these other. I feel like I would. I, but, I just feel like I like that's something that I that's what I feel. But what? Okay, I understand that. But you keep you you kind of keep to seem, and and I'm just asking this. You you seem to me to keep going towards a race a race um, driven argument with this and or or, or a, to a certain extent race is a factor and, yeah and to somebody who's just a basketball fan who's not looking at that like myself you know and fi- like i'm not a black dude so like i understand that there are certain things you know but when it comes to just watching the game why for you why does that come into play uh the media with what from what from how how things are interpreted like i remember when they won Skip Bayless tweeted, uh, LeBron still didn't have it. He dribbled between his legs. He was showboating. What does that have to do with what he that, – like that – that's – see, now this is this is going to another – No, that's, that's another, fine. Another uh, – No, that's fine. It's, it's like I said before, like when you – how do I want to say it? I want to say it to make sure it's palatable for everybody. Well, it's just there. It's th- there. like it's 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 a part of it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it's 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 rationally correct. Right. I'm just saying that's that's how I that's a, a visceral thing that I feel. That you feel that you feel. Now, what if LeBron James was white? What if LeBron James was white? Because I'll tell you this right now. The same way I did it with A-Rod, who's Spanish. Like and I know you're not saying that I'm going at it's, I know you're not saying that I'm going at LeBron James at this way because he's a black athlete because that's, yeah. that's not. That's no, I don't think it is. No, no, it's no, not. it's not because if this was Carmelo Anthony, I mean, if this was if this was a, a Nick that was white, if this was this is for me, and I, and, and I'm and I'm being real with this because I don't I think that that shit is so ignorant, and for anybody to actually sit down on ESPN or any any forum in the media and and actually have that in their mind, like LeBron James, like why is it because it's it's racially charged? It's so sick. And I can't even be. I don't even want to. That's I'm being. I'm so beyond that, and I think people need to be. So with me, it's just like I'm looking at it. Like I would do this shit with if LeBron James was was James Smith, you yeah. know, who played at Duke and was a white kid, but he could do everything. That's what I would. That's the, what I would do. So, but 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 you just answered a question that that's pretty big. A reason why you have these feelings, or or th- and you said for some is that you feel something, and that is why because you've mentioned it three times. It's like everybody everybody brings their baggage to whatever to how they interpret things. Thanks, their, right? Their 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 baggage, or their 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 life experience. I think if right. LeBron James was white, right? I think the whole narrative would change. It's just like there was an article about what if Michael Vick was white. But but it, but the argument that me and you had, yeah. If if LeBron James was white, it seems like to me you would be more you would be you would be less reluctant to you'd be actually kind of more agreeing with me if he was white. I agree with what you're saying. For the most part, I agree with what you're saying. He should be going to the basket. I don't think I ever disputed that. No, no, like, you said that he's got a mental block. You just said it kind there, of bothers you. There's something that bothers you with the hatred, and you find it unacceptable. Yeah. But you do find race as a part of that. Yeah, it okay. just doesn't It doesn't sit right. Right. Now, I'm Be- trying to rationalize it. You've experienced racism in your life? <laughs> Actually, this this afternoon, like on my way off of work, like I, I was like, should I talk about this? Now? Yeah, of course. Or what do we got? Of course. Three no, hours? We're good. We're good. 
I was I was all getting off of work. I went to the grocery store. I live in New Jersey, Emerson, New Jersey, in Bergen County. Uh, I go to the stop and shop. I always go to. I had on my khakis, my work clothes, dress shirt. Walking, walking uh, in the meat aisle, and this little, this Jewish white kid, about seven or eight years old, he says, "Look," he said, "What's, what's your name, big black man?" Jesus. And I was just, and his mother was standing right there, and I was just like, all I could say was like, "Serious?" I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And the mom didn't say anything, and this little kid was Jewish. And I could tell he was Jewish because he had an abacus and he was counting like all the items. He that had his a yarmulke and a yarmulke. dreidel in his hand. He had a yarmulke and a dreidel. <laughs> I could tell he was he Jewish. Had a, he had a Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> he had a yarmulke. T-shirt on that said, "I'm Jewish." Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just like everybody had everybody. No, but you know something. I, I've said this before, okay? And I and I grew up. I grew up racist when I was like like in yeah, elementary you said school. Show. And I yeah, and I said that you know I was on Matarisa's show. You just I just had you know Italian friends, but it wasn't racist like real it, it really wasn't real animosity or hate it right. was just like from tv racism it's like oh yeah no i bet you know the black guy you know and all of a sudden i started to grow up and i started yeah. to travel and th- that was just like the same way you would say oh yeah the jewish dude yeah he's cheap oh yeah yeah that puerto mm-hmm. rican dude's gonna steal your car it was right, there was right. no real substance or malicious maliciousness right. behind it it was just that that's kind of like what you grew up and you heard yeah so you kind of just look at it as a stereotype but the asian dude will do your math homework and shit like that right. And you kind of just associated with that. Then I got older and I was like, and I met people and I traveled and I realized how fucking stupid and ignorant it was. Yeah. And I've said, though, man, you know, I, I've been I'll be honest with you. Um, and a lot of people say like, oh, you know, how can you say that? Or like, that's not you shouldn't think like that. But if I was black, I would be. And I know my family because we're Sicilian. We hold grudges. Mm-hmm. We, we get upset. There would be a part of me and there is a part of me that understands yeah fuck that like that we went through some shit like there would be definitely i would definitely like a lot of people have a hard time putting themselves in other people's shoes right okay you felt what it's like to be called names and to feel racist things towards you today yeah. you did yeah i don't think like that wasn't like that no, kid no, 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 wasn't no, like burning that, that, a cross that, that, right, and the fucking right, right. meat out but it was just like damn you, like, you felt but yeah yeah i understand it's like i'm looking at that woman like parents your fucking kid you know if 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 i was in a situation like that um or if i if i was a black dude I would definitely have that kind of, yeah, fuck you type of thing. Mm-hmm. I would have that. You know, I would. The, you know, I know, you know, my Sicilian father is bothered by things that happen to his family still. It's yeah. just, it's the way people are. Nobody, right. nobody puts themselves in other people's shoes. Right. But, um, you know, and I hear what you're saying, but I could just tell, because you mentioned it a few times, that's something that for you, you get a feeling, you, you feel like that is a part of things, and you feel like you see the undertone of race right, in a I lot do. of things that go on, and, and, and that's probably why you kind of sway a certain And way. I want to get and this you know straight. That's really honest, though. That's really honest. See, we're doing, the podcast just got... Like the podcast went from good to you know now it's getting ridiculous. My murdered black but, cousin. But, but, uh, and no, now the no, 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 no. But yeah. you, you, you said something that is is very fucking honest and real, and it's it's. I'm, I'm really glad that you said it. Um, told you I was gonna have a good guest. Um, you feel a certain way, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna say no to that. You're not gonna just try to because we. I was trying to figure out while we were arguing about LeBron. Mm-hmm. I'm going. He's get. He's a little, like. You were just so. I just noticed the fucking, and, yeah. and I didn't understand. Like I didn't understand, and now yeah. I understand. It's just like, but that's it, bigger. You to admit that because it's 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 him. Like he's like, 
it's him and it's everybody else. It's him. It's Michael Vick. It's Maurice Claret. It's yeah. It's an amalgam. It's it's the it's the black athlete. Right. And it's not everything you said. He should drive to the back. Of course he should. Yeah, He's yeah, fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. And he should do it. And it's just but it's but it's all it's just that little thing that's just like uh, uh, yeah. But you know something and you didn't make it your whole argument, but you actually said it was part of it, it was an undertone of it. Yeah. And, that, and that's cool, man. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um and, and you know what? This will be cool because I'm sure we'll be texting each other during these LeBron games. Yeah, yeah, we did a little bit. No, uh, we did no well, this was we were talking about OKC. OKC, though, yeah, Spurs. yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to see what, yeah. what goes on with that. But yeah. um so so that's it. We you know, I think OKC's got a chance to tie the series. We'll see what Boston and uh, Miami does tonight. As a matter of fact, that game is on and I'll give a mm. score. I'm going to give a score during the podcast. This is Friday night. Wow. Uh, I'm going to be on stage here in a little bit. But uh, let's see. Uh, I can't get it because of let's where see I'm what at. people are saying on Twitter. But uh, okay. we could get a score here and see. I could do this. Um, Real quick, we'll get a score, and then we will do our plugs and get out of here. So if there's any plugs that you have, let's see. It is 42-34 Celtics. Okay. So the Celtics are Seven. up eight, eight, and it is uh, there's a little bit left before halftime, four minutes before the second uh, quarter's over. All, All right. right. So um, that's it. We'll see what happens. I will talk about the NBA playoffs more. Um, great podcast. And um, let me do the plugs here, and then Chris will do his plugs, and we'll get out of here. I um, – and I do, I have uh, the T-shirts that I will be bringing. San Antonio, Texas, I'm coming to headline the River Center Comedy Club uh, in San Antonio, Texas, uh, this Wednesday through Sunday, June 6th through 10th. And then I come back in the next week, the 14th through the 17th of June, I'll be opening for Dom Herrera in uh, Atlanta, Georgia at the Punchline. Please go to and follow me at, at Paul Verzi on Twitter. Keep downloading the show. Keep going to... Um, the podcast and uh, by the way thank you to my listeners i found out i have listeners in the uk and overseas that is fucking awesome keep doing that and the uh verzi effect t-shirts are going to be coming out i'm bringing them with me so all my loyal fans uh thank you thank you thank you keep putting the comments in chris what do you got to plug uh, next week on uh, june 7th i will be at the luna stage in west orange new jersey uh it's a really cool space and afterwards there's a cool spot called the Hat City Kitchen, where everybody's going to be hanging out. On the 11th, I'll be at Bar Matchless uh, for the Broken Comedy Show. It's a really cool, hip show in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. That's on the 11th uh, and the 14th, the weekend of the 14th and through Father's Day weekend. I will be popping in on one of those shows, one of the uh, Joe Matarisa shows at the Stress Factory, doing a little guest spot. And I'll be at the Arlington Draft House that weekend as well. And Damn, you can, you're working good. You're working you, a lot. That's yeah, good. yeah. Follow me on Twitter, Chris Lamberth, and YouTube, Chris Lamberth Comedy. Oh, speaking of YouTube, I actually put on um, I put on five clips from my headline spot here at uh, my headline show here at Levity. I put uh, five clips up there. Uh, you know, just kind of some things that I'm working on for my uh, kind of a sneak peek of my first album, debut album that I'm working on. So uh, check those out. They'll be on YouTube, on my website and everything. Thanks again. Check out Chris Lambert. As you can see, real honest dude, has something to say. Funny young comic, uh, you know, working his way up. So check him out. Thanks again. This has been episode 64. And until next week, uh, I'm out of here. Take care, everybody. <laughs>